Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here, wherever you get your podcasts or on Patreon ad-free. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? It's a fine Tuesday. Penny, I'm doing all right, yes. I'm doing all right. How's yourself? I'm good, I'm good. I was, I was uh, before we came on air there, I was, I was just giving you all my trade secrets about ITR tours and ITR events and how things go, and we were just we were putting the world to, world to, to rights before we came on. Yeah, I've written them all down, Kenny. So you're, <laughs> in deep, you're in deep trouble now, you know. God, some of the stories, some of the stories that we know. But um, anyway, uh, we're here to talk about wrestling, and um, obviously, as always, if you're a big AEW fan on Patreon, Sandra and I cover Dynamite, Robert and I cover Collision, so you get the full access of that over there. Uh, but you come here to hear Finn and I talk about SmackDown and Raw and what WWE have got going on. Um, also, we are still doing our sixth anniversary stuff, but we're doing it once I'm back from tour. So just to confirm that again, uh, that is happening, but when I get back from tour. Um, but Finn, uh, last Friday, um, The Rock made an appearance on the Pat McAfee uh, show in Boulder, Colorado, where there was a big football game on. And so I wanted to ask you about this before we talk about SmackDown. Obviously, on Friday, there was over 100 layoffs in WWE, uh, which is, you know, very sad. Um, actually, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm aware of people who, who went through it, so I'm, you know, very much thoughts are with them in, in a difficult time. But in the same day, you know, they did have The Rock uh, on Pat McAfee talking about how the match with Roman Reigns was locked in for WrestleMania 39, but they just couldn't get it to work. Um, Did he say why they couldn't get it to work? He said it was because they, they, they couldn't get it to a point where it made sense of, you know, because he wants to come back and do something that's different and fresh. And so I, the, the implication was almost that the story wasn't there. 
that for him. But I mean, that to me feels a bit like a cop out answer because mm. you know, if he wanted to do it, he would do it. But I mean, I guess my question is, do you think because it feels very coincidental that WWE just merge with UFC TKO holdings is announced, then we got all these layoffs, and then on the same day as these layoffs, we're getting The Rock on Pat McAfee talking about how him and Roman Reigns almost happened and he's open to Philadelphia. So it feels like you're not coming out and saying all that stuff unless there's some, unless there's something to it. Yeah. I mean, do you think this was designed to counterbalance, you know, the bad news? Let's have some good news with The Rock coming out, Pat McAfee appearing and then introducing The Rock to SmackDown as this big surprise in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, we knew the layoffs were coming, didn't we? We yeah. knew this was, I mean, you've got to say that everyone there, I mean, it must have been a terrible time for them because they must have known really since April when it was announced that this day would come and that there was going to be a bloodletting and that a lot yeah. of staff were going to be um, axed and, and you know, some people were going to be deemed to be expendable. I mean, this is what happens if you remember, Kenny, when uh, UFC was purchased. Yep. When UFC was bought, loads of staff were laid off, were sent back in. Um, and, um, you know, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that this is what happens when these things occur. Um, so you've got to figure a lot of people probably left before they were, were like, you know, axed and made redundant or whatever term they're using for it. I mean, using the old cost-cutting thing when the company's making more money than ever. I mean, that's... I mean, but they've been saying that now for years, haven't they? They were saying that yeah. back in 2021 when they let... You know, when you know dozens of wrestlers were sent, um, you know, were sent packing from the company. Oh, it's a cost-cutting exercise. Well, no, it's not a cost-cutting exercise, is it? It's no. just that you deem me to be expendable, um, no longer required, you know, excess baggage... Um, you know, and I'm being sent on my merry way. And that's the way it is. It's not cost-cutting. It's you just don't feel like I am important anymore to this company. That's essentially what they're saying, isn't it? Or we have somebody else who can do your job um, for less money than you, or we've got someone in another department who's going to be doing your job as well as their job. Because that's the other thing, isn't it? There's going to be a lot of people who are going to be working even harder taking on more responsibilities and doing the jobs of two or possibly even three people. I imagine that will be taking place as well. So it's obviously terrible for the people who've lost their jobs, but in some ways really terrible also for the people who haven't lost the jobs because they're now going to be working even harder for probably the same money. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where they're never going to come out and just say we're cutting people because we've merged. They're always going to give you some sort of stock answer as to why they did it. But, um, you know, I mean, yeah, we... I think... It's bound to happen. I mean, UFC, when UFC was sold, they got rid of... I can't remember how many staff it was. It was a lot of staff, Kenny. I remember a lot of people went. Yeah. And I think morale there was really bad for a long time after that. Yeah. I think, you know, that'll be the same here. But, you know, yeah. So I, I did want to mention that because... Before we just start talking about the wrestling, I think we, you know, we do want to kind of say, obviously, for people who are affected, it is terrible, regardless of why it happens. You know, it's that, you know, when you're 
when you put all your time into a job and through no fault of your own or bad work, you're sort of let go. It's it's tough. So thoughts yeah, around that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the system there. And that, you know, this is the way it works in big business. You are expendable unless you're not. And But there again, there's some really people with some big job titles who were caught, weren't there, Kenny, in this yep. um, on Friday? Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, who were very high up the food chain who are no longer working there. Yep. So, okay. yeah. Lot, lot, so, so obviously, like I said, then, then we had Rock on the Pat McAfee show and people kind of very quickly were like, well, you know, he's in Boulder, Colorado with Pat McAfee and SmackDown's going to be in Denver, which is, a, is very close. I'm trying to actually just do a little Google Maps right now so I can see how far Boulder is from Denver. Um, it's actually a 40-minute drive, so it's oh, wow. not, far, not far at all. Uh, so we open SmackDown with uh, with uh, Austin Theory um, coming out to and um, coming out to interrupt Pat McAfee. It was the out. Black Tank Top Brigade, wasn't it? <laughs> the Black Tank Top Brigade. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory, who once competed against each other at WrestleMania yes. back in tw- back last year. Um, so you know. Uh, McAfee's there, he's amping up the crowd, Theory comes out and then basically uh, Austin Theory says, we're now, it's Austin Theory live, and McAfee said, well it's actually the people's show and um, I don't know if you know what that means and then the Rock's music hits and I mean, a thunderous ovation for him coming out and he comes out and you know, the crowd are chanting, holy shit and um, he does he does his shtick and, and you know, then Austin Theory's kind of trying to hang with him, and it ends up you with know, the. Rock. I thought he did. I thought Theory was great here, and I thought actually, you know, Rock there was just at times it almost seemed like Rock was just taking it all in, thinking, "Wow, this kid's pretty good." That was <laughs> the, that was what I was detecting. Those were the emotions that I think were uh, oozing from Rock's paws. And uh, I thought Theory, I mean, it was, it was two against one. <laughs> and I thought Theory just showed you what he was made for, and what he was made of, rather, and also what he was made for, the top of the card, in that segment. I thought he was tremendous. And he, because um, he even at one point, um, you know, he did the, it doesn't matter what you think, to The Rock. Yes. Rather than The Rock doing it to him. Uh, and but then and then that it played into the rock getting half the crowd to chant you are and the other half to chant an asshole and it goes back and forth and um, apparently Fox were not very happy about uh, that word being used on yeah well that's right because if you saw it on on Twitter they were they were, they were removing the sound weren't they when people yes. were using that word and it just looked or looked and sounded terrible yeah. Um, you know, on TV, or at least it did on Twitter on the version that I saw of it there that was obviously originally shown on Fox. But people saying that production's terrible. It's nothing to do with the production. This is Fox. They don't like that word, so they're removing it. Yeah, they're, they're not letting you have it. But, I mean, yeah, so, you know, Theory did really well to hang with Rock. Um, but I was, I'm curious what you thought of, you know, with the whole idea of putting it in our minds again about Roman and Rock, with Rock's appearance here, um, how did you feel about Rock's appearance in general? Did he... Yeah, I'm just curious about your thoughts. Well, I mean, I, I sensed this was this was going to happen. I mean, I actually wrote something in the latest issue that's currently at the printers before this happened. You know, 
does the strike in Hollywood mean that it's more likely that The Rock will return? And, you know, two days after I wrote it, he did return. Um, so I I was expecting an appearance. Um, and obviously, we're now thinking, is it going to be Rock versus Reigns? There was a lot of rumours at the beginning of the year that that was going to be the WrestleMania main event. And of course, it wasn't. It was Reigns versus Cody and Reigns unexpectedly retained against Cody. Um, and now we've kind of been conditioned to think that it's going to be Reigns versus Cody at WrestleMania next year. Um, well, at least we were until, you know, Rock stated on the in the Pat McAfee interview that he'd been offered the match in 2023 and this match could still happen in, in 2024. So, I mean, this is a tricky one for, for Cody, really. And I almost sensed on Raw that he kind of lost his confidence in that match with Dominic, he looked a bit off in that match. And I'm thinking, has this whole rock thing just really unnerved him? And maybe I was reading too much into it, but I didn't think Cody had a particularly good night last night on Raw. He was kind of off. And is he now rattled by this whole thing? Possibly. We know that pro wrestling, so much of it is all about, you know, self-confidence and belief because, you know, obviously it's, you know, not a real sport. So it's all about how you're presented and how you feel about yourself and how the company feels about you. And it's all kind of a mindset. I mean, I could suppose you could say that about sport as well. But in sport, obviously, if you're faster or whatever, better than your opponents on the day, then you win and you'll be you know, deemed to be the best. It's different, of course, in pro wrestling. Um, so I don't know, really. I mean, Rock kind of looked old out there against Theory. I thought he looked, obviously, he's not a wrestler anymore. And he is old. He's in his early 50s now. He's still younger than me. Mm -hmm. uh, but to me, he just, I don't know, he, to me, he just sort of looked like he was an old timer dropping in, which is what he, what he was. And it was great in a sense that he did because SmackDown drew a show long average of 2.569 million viewers. So it was a big hit. The audience loved seeing him. And it was a real you know, a blockbuster show because we had Cena on the show as well and Pat McAfee. So, I mean, whoever bought a ticket for SmackDown on Friday must have been feeling like they got the greatest value for money of, you know, any WWE event of 2023 or possibly this decade. Um, so I think in a sense, it was it, I was pleased that he returned, but planting this seed in fans' minds that it might be Rock versus reigns at wrestlemania when prior to friday we thought it was going to be reigns versus cody and we're all imagining that that's going to be the match and it's going to be cody taking over and he's going to be champ and then reigns is going to do whatever he's going to do when he's no longer champ it could complicate things kenny for cody um and could complicate things for the fans as well so i'm i'm not quite sure what to make of 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 all of this um, hopefully it'll just be a passing phase and, you know, Rock will decide that he's either A, he's definitely going to do it and then we know and Cody knows what he's going to do instead or he'll decide he's not going to do it and we can just, you know, chalk this up as like podcast talk and then we can get back to, you know, the real business of Cody Reigns at WrestleMania and Cody taking over as champ and, you know, him representing the company week to week, you know, as a full-time champion, which really, let's be honest, Kenny, that's what this company needs, doesn't it? It needs somebody there 
representing the company as champion on a regular basis, not just occasionally. Yeah. So maybe it's Rock versus Reigns, and Rock were to win, and then maybe Rock were to drop the belt to Cody. I suppose that could work, but would Cody be booed against the Rock? It, it invites a lot of problems, doesn't it? A lot of potential problems if you start adding Rock to the equation when mm-hmm. he's obviously not going to be there full time. He's in his 50s. And, you know, it, it potentially screws up a storyline that they've spent a very long time working on. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because I think if if you have the chance to do Rock and Roman, you should do it for the box office that you would make out of it. Like, I think it is a no-brainer to do the match. But I think it'll be a test of the booking that, you know, because we've lived through the part-time, part-timer era yeah. for like the last 10 years or whatever it was. And, you know, there's so many times where the part-timer would come in and the full-time guy, who at this point is Cody, suffers because of it. And I think it will be a test of WWE's booking that, like, if they've really come along as much as we hope that they have, then they would be able to book Rock in this match with Roman, but also do something with Cody and not have him feel like he, you know, isn't going to get to finish his story and he's not yeah. going to get to do... But that's going to be a, it's a big test because... I don't think that we're going to get... that. So here's what I would prefer they did if it was up to me, if I was booking it. But it's never going to happen because The Rock wouldn't allow it and I, I get it. I think if they did the kind of WrestleMania 10 thing where you have you know, Rock and Roman on night one, have Cody wrestle on night one as well and then Cody faces the winner of Rock and Roman the next night. But I don't think, Ro- I don't think Rock with his ego would be a setup guy. WrestleMania, I just don't get the vibe that he would do that. Um, but yeah, they've got, they've got their work cut out for them creatively if they if he is coming. But you know, it's one of those things where I think I think he looked good on Friday. Like I think you know he moved. I mean, you can't really tell a lot from a spine buster on people's elbow. <laughs> but I mean, I think he he moved well enough, and I'm sure he could do a match. I mean, I hope if he does do it, just do like 18 minutes. You don't have to do 30. No, it doesn't even need to be that long. If you go, if you go back to Lesnar Reigns, that wasn't eighteen minutes, wasn't it? When they did that WrestleMania, was it about twelve mm-hmm. minutes? That it wasn't a particular, or maybe thirteen. Yeah, it was under fifteen for sure. Yeah, and I think Reigns. I mean, we did talk about this, you know, the idea of Rock coming back and and that two night thing of Rock Reigns and then Cody faces the winner the next night and. You think, well, if Rock defeats Reigns, then Rock loses to Cody. Then you've got Cody Reigns for post-WrestleMania season. And I think we talked about this earlier in the year as a mm-hmm. you know, potential booking solution, uh, which, of course, didn't happen because Rock didn't return. So they, they could do that, and that would be huge. That would be enormous. I mean, the only concern, of course, is who would, would fans boo Cody against the Rock? Maybe they wouldn't, or maybe it wouldn't matter. And you know what? If Cody were to win and then Rock were to congratulate Cody afterwards, chances are people would cheer him. And then yeah. Rock could disappear off back to Hollywood if the strikes ended by if the strikes over by then. And um he could go back to his full-time job and Cody can be full-time champ. Well, that's a so great I mean, that's I- a great that's a great point though. That because this is why this is the only reason this is a real consideration, I think, is because the writer's strike is on. Yeah, that's why we got John Cena back. You know, the bloody writer strike. If there's any reason to get them back and back to work, it's us being lumbered <laughs> with John Cena. <laughs> you 
know, so I mean, if you're not a SAG carrying, you know, member, become one now, please. Well, I'll uh, say, it. maybe we should sign up and say, listen, we need to get back to work, lads. Yeah. Come on, back to work. You know, <laughs> down. You know, none of this downing tools business. Downing your, you know, obviously it's not tool. Downing your computer <laughs> keyboards. Back to work. Back come to on, work. Come on. We don't need you anymore. Give us some peace. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- the thing is, if Rock decides he's going to do it, then he kind of has to do it. You see, that yeah. he did say with Pat McAfee that the schedule was never the issue, that he kind of calls his own schedule. I'm but sure I, he does by this point. Oh, yeah. But I mean, at this point, if he's not, because it depends what movies he's got in production. Like, if he's got something in production that he, you know, is supposed to do, and then the, the writer's strike ends in January, well, then he has to go back to work and he has to do that movie for the next three months or whatever. Yeah, but he, but he could. I mean, he could right now. If he's serious about committing to WrestleMania, he knows the date of WrestleMania. He knows how long he's going to need to get himself into ring shape and to be able to do a match so he you know, looks respectable in the ring. He knows and he can make provision for that, can he? And he can say, yeah, I'm going to start doing my next crappy movie in you know, a March, <laughs> you know, but I need, like, I need like the end of March and the end of and the first week of April off in order to do this wrestling stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is not like, you know, that thing we've talked about previously. Was it No Pain, No Gain? Or what yes. the Michael Bay movie where he basically got told off for injuring himself in one of the Cena matches. Yeah. And Rock's in a very different place in his career now. This is 10 years later. And no one, no director is going to tell him off, scold him for doing wrestling. It's just not going to happen now. So he can do what he wants. Well, well, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. But it was—I mean—it was a huge moment, and you know, especially given how at the moment we're kind of in the, the the limbo period, which we talked about last week. Yeah, not the worst time to have the Rock come out and make his first appearance in four years. You know, for for sort of ratings and buzz. So, yeah, yeah they... oh, absolutely. I mean, it was huge, and really, as I said, a really nice surprise for the people in Denver. He must yeah. just. Wow, you know, we made the right call buying these tickets. Yeah, one of our one of our uh, Patreon pledges actually looked. He was at the show, and he he sort of messaged us to say that you know it was an amazing moment to to, to get it because they had no idea that he was going to be there. Um, he said um, it was absolutely nuts. It was his first ever WWE live TV show. Wow, which I was so loud when The Rock came out, and then he said, um, and because then I'd said to him. You know, were people around you expecting it? He said, I don't think so. I'd seen McAfee and Rock were in Boulder an hour from Denver for a big college football match. And then when Pat came out and dropped some hints, I had a feeling he could be in for something special. And uh, yeah, so I'm very happy for it. Look, he got to experience that. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, what, what an amazing first WWE live, live event experience. You know, yeah. an unexpected appearance by The Rock. His first... Was it for four years, I think it was? Yeah, his last appearance was the first SmackDown on Fox in October of 2019 when he famously, uh, you know, was, was with Becky Lynch in the segment Baron Corbin. Okay, yes, I remember that episode. Um, wait, let's move on to the other stuff on SmackDown. We had AJ Styles and Finn Balor. Obviously, AJ Styles kind of being positioned as the, the top, one of the top baby faces on SmackDown. <clears throat> It'd be good if he showed his face that. Um, because he just seems very bored. Um, <laughs> and he has this match with Balor, and the Judgment Day end up getting involved, and then they get ejected from ringside, which was tons of fun. And then 
uh, he goes to this phenomenal forearm, Balor avoids it, and then Jimmy Uso gets up in the apron out of nowhere, collides with AJ, and then Balor's able to do a crucifix pin. So not the roll-up of Doom, which is obviously, as we know, the most devastating move in wrestling. Yes. Um, and Finn gets the win, um, which we then play into later on. But uh, I mean, Finn and AJ as a match didn't knock my socks off. No, no. I mean, it was okay. Yeah, that's um, fine. Yeah, but yeah, just I thought AJ looked like a bit of a fool allowing himself to, to be distracted by uh, Jimmy Uso at ringside. And um, yeah, Ballard scored the pin with a like a crucifix cradle, which is, you know, not quite. Not quite as absurd as the fluke roll-up. So, <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit more believable than that. Yeah, with me it was okay. It was more of a storyline advancer rather than a match-match, wasn't it? It wasn't really there for the purposes of being a match that we were going to remember. The, the point of this was to advance the storyline, and it did indeed, do that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we also got a, a backstage segment briefly where The Rock and Cena he's facing off and then they had a hug and I mean I know this I know this sounds like I'm just making fun of John Cena right but even when he talks to the rock he comes across so false when he goes welcome home like you're not Batman like speak like a person and he's dressed like this big children's birthday entertainer <laughs> you know like he's 47 Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, at least Shawn Michaels eventually stopped wearing, you know, mental gear. Like, well, he to- that's it. Yeah, he stopped being the boy toy, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So we um, we then had. Uh, uh, I mean, like, who is John Cena to say welcome home? I mean, he only rocked up a few weeks ago, didn't he? Oh, but you know, we've all met a John Cena. You know, one of those people that is just over familiar. And, to, and it just annoys you. Um, anyway, so right after that, we had Jimmy Uso backstage, Paul Heyman's in the background, Finn walks up to him and basically says, you know, we're trying to get your brother in the Judgment Day, why don't you join? We don't have, we don't have a leader, so, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. And Jimmy sort of nods and listens um, and then starts speaking to Heyman. But I mean, I thought Finn did a really good sales pitch here of why the Judgment Day is different from the Bloodline. So, yeah, I mean, what a contrast. I mean, we've got John Cena, who's like, like supposedly a movie star and like a professional actor, gets paid all this money, and yet he's totally unconvincing playing John Cena, a character that he's, that, I mean, he is called John Cena. 
You know, he's been this character for over 20 years. Yeah. And yet he's completely hopeless at playing it. And Finn Balor was far more convincing playing Finn Balor than John Cena is at playing John Cena. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed this. Invited Jimmy to join the Judgment Day. It said there were no leaders, you know, and floated the idea that maybe Jay could join as well. And both of the twins could be members of the Judgment Day. And yep. he didn't really say anything and didn't give too much away in terms of his expressions or body languages you don't have a think about it so uh yeah i thought it was you know again this was an extension of what i was just saying earlier the ballast styles match was more of a story story driver rather than you know something that was supposed to be a, a good match so um but yeah I, I enjoyed that and then that led led us to uh, santos escobar um asking Rey mysterio to defend the u.s title against him well we've known that this was coming and Ray's, you know, agreed to do it. And we know that Sam, we know what's coming, don't we, Kenny? We just yeah. know what's coming. Yeah. I think the issue is that at the moment, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you look at Finn Balor as an example. Finn Balor is a guy who for years wasn't really a good character. No. He just kind of smiled. And yeah. he's really brought his A game this last year. I mean, he's done the best work of his career as a character. And then you've got Escobar, who he's in this thing with Rey Mysterio. We know what's going to happen. But he's not giving us anything. You know, he's just not. And it's weird because I've seen Santos Escobar do media a couple of times. And he's he's a nice guy. Like, he, he seems like a nice guy. Um, But he just, I don't know. If there's, there's just something missing. And I don't know what, it, you know, he could, he could do with Paul Heyman sitting down with him and trying to figure something out. Like, what's what can his gimmick be? What can his character be? that he feels he could portray really well. Because when he was doing this, it was fine, but it didn't make me excited to see the turn or excited to see what's going to happen. I was more happy I was more happy seeing Bobby Lashley in the Street Profits, to be honest, because they're yeah. more engaging. I mean, and Zelina Vega's there. I mean, she's, you know, basically a spare part now. I mean, yeah. might as well have, like, Jay White with his cardboard cutout. They might as well send that along with Zelina, which is a shame. Because yeah. she did so well in the, you know, the backlash match. I mean, she was so over, wasn't she? Back in, back in April, Kenny, or was it early May? No, early May. Early May, yeah, May, beginning of May. Yeah, I mean, she was like, you're thinking, wow, this is really happening for her here, and I know a lot of that was, you know, the geographical location of the match. But I mean, you felt like she was, she was a somebody at backlash. And she just seemed like a nobody here. And she's not a nobody. We know she can be, she can do more than they're allowing her to do. And Santos's lieutenants uh, also, I mean, they got beaten by the Street Profits really easily. I mean, I thought it was actually disrespectful um, how easily or how quickly Street Profits defeated them. Um, you know, after Bobby Lashley and Street Profits came out and confronted them. And um, and then actually the best best part of all this was the beat down afterwards, wasn't it, by the prophets and Lashley who beat down the members of the LWO, and um, you know at least that felt like it achieved something and took the story somewhere. And you know I'm mildly interested in seeing Lashley versus Rey Mysterio now. Yeah, I mean that that that's the more interesting match than um, than Big Santos. Um, we got the You're right. I mean Santos. Santos eventually did get over in NXT. It took him a long time, and he but he did get over. 
Um, I mean, that's obviously a much smaller crowd and smaller environment and easier as well to get over. He was, but it took him a long time to really connect with the audience there. But he needs to start showing more menace and more, you know, edges to his character because he just feels so sort of vanilla at the moment. And we need to have some sort of hints as well that he's going to do the turn because at the moment it's all, you know, respect and, you know, we're all members of the same family and, you know, how much I, you know, admire you and you're my hero and blah, blah, blah. It's all just a bit sugar-coated and, you know, it's all just a bit nice, isn't it? So we need some more sort of layers to this because it feels just so superficial. Yes, I, I agree. Um, we then had the rematch of Early Night in the Miz. They wrestle again for about 11 minutes. Um I mean, afterwards, Knight cuts a promo, which was actually really good. But I, I mean, again, the match, it was okay. But um, maybe just Miz isn't going to give LA Knight that match that's going to, you know, be, be be great. But then, I mean, at the moment, the crowd love him so much. Maybe it doesn't really matter if the matches are just okay. But what did you make of uh, Miz and Knight? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought Knight sold really well. I mean, I thought Miz looked really good here. Um, it didn't have that sort of top uh, level heat to it. And it just feels like Knight's matches just get to like second gear, maybe third, but they don't pro- they don't go for they don't just don't accelerate beyond that. And they just I know what he's doing out there and he's trying to build emotion and sympathy and get the heel over, and it all makes sense. His match is psychologically very sound. And, you know, he did the stun gun and the BFT for the pin on Miz. I just feel like he needs more of a run-up to the finish. You know, maybe they think, well, Austin just hit the stunner and it was over. But there was usually like a massive amount of crowd noise before he hit the finish. Whereas with Knight, there really isn't. So they need to figure out a way to just make his matches seem more exciting. Um, I mean, I think the Miz did really well in this feud, but you're right, it just didn't it just was kind of slightly better than average. And if Knight's going to be a big star, he needs to do more than that in his matches. His matches need to be slightly better. They need to be a lot better than slightly better than average. Yep. Well, we'll see. Hopefully he's moved on now from Mez. You know, he cut the promo afterwards, but he's, you know, he's come for all the champs and everything. And I thought it was good. So, that's Hopefully it. And then, we, and then they went backstage to Paul Heyman and Solo, and you're thinking, oh, because he just brought up Roman Reigns' name, and you're thinking, is it going to be Knight versus Roman Reigns? Because when Reigns returns, he doesn't seem to have an obvious contender, does he? No, I mean, my fear is that it might be AJ Styles, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so again, so, so Solo wants to take care of LA Knight, but uh, Heyman sort of said, no, you know, that's a tribal chief decision, not from you. Um, and then Solo told uh, Paul Heyman that, you know, Jimmy Uso was making deals with the Judgment Day and causing problems with John Cena. Solo will have to sh- solve it. Um, and that, obviously, again, is going to lead us up to the main event. Yeah, and Solo <laughs> said, you know, he said he knew what he needed to do and he was going to sort it out tonight. Yes. Uh, I do want to give props to Pretty Deadly, who I thought were a riot in their backstage segment with uh, uh, Elton Prince. Is Adam in the, Pierce. Adam Pierce, yeah, because Elton Prince is in the, the wheelchair, and Adam Pierce is like, if he's got a separated shoulder, why is he in a wheelchair? Which is a great question. Yes. But 
you know, uh, but they're they're close to returning, so we'll see them soon. That's it. I mean, we just need to see them in the salon. <laughs> we need that salon appearance. You know, Kate Elton, we're get we're preparing for our comeback. You know, never mind going to the gym and all that working out. Those guys going to, you know, the top end salon. That's what <laughs> we need that segment. Yes, we do. Um and then the so then the main event. And you'll be like, sat right next to him, won't you, Kenny? Probably on one of your like fifteen holidays a year. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going anywhere till December to see Madonna. That's all I've got left. Got nothing else in me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, no, so the main event of the segment, the main event of the show though, fan, I think I feel this was done for you. It was the Grayson Waller effect with John Cena as the guest, and Cena gets to say absolutely nothing. <laughs> we get, as he's about to talk, Waller's just kind of banging on, waffling on, and then as Cena's kind of ready to kind of you know take Grayson Waller down, Jimmy Uso inter- interrupts, and he sort of says that you know uh, nobody came to see you, everyone came to see me, and uh, you know he's going to embarrass him, and then Solo's music hits, and he immediately you know steps up to Cena, got quite a big moment, and then. Um, he faked that he was going to Simone spike Jimmy, but then he kicked Cena in the face, and then they beat down Cena, but AJ comes to make the save, and uh, Cena ended up taking, giving Jimmy the five-knuckle shuffle, but Solo pulled Jimmy out the way before uh, he could get the attitude adjustment, so we can end it with AJ Styles saving the day for Cena, but not a word from John Cena Finn, which to me is a victory. <laughs> exactly, and Grayson Waller said, in introduction to Cena, his star is fading quicker than his hairline. So Cena was there. I mean, it was it was like Jim Carrey, wasn't it, in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. You know, <laughs> I, I know that's a very old film. You know, with his rubber-faced expressions. And you just like... And like, eventually Cena got serious. And, uh, you know, he was going to get start swinging. He was tired of Grayson Waller's insults and then as you said Jimmy turned up Solo arrived and Jimmy and Solo beat down Cena and AJ to the rescue so do you think we're going to get Jimmy and Solo versus AJ Styles and John Cena at the next premium live event Kenny or do you think that's going to be a TV match no I think I think that'll probably be a fast lane match um anyway it's fast on the one that's been yeah, no, Payback's the one that's been Fastlane's next. Yeah, Fastlane, which is in which is in two and a half weeks, I think it'll be on that show. Because yeah, October, really 7th, in... October 7th, isn't it? Yeah, because, you know, we're going to have to unfortunately go through Nakamura and Rollins again. So at least yes. this feels a little bit fresh. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, it'll be interesting to see Cena get in the ring and see what he's got to, to get in a match. Well, I mean, I think we know what he's going to do in the match, don't we? Well, look, I'm trying. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that he does not deserve, but I'm trying. Um, but anyway, well, let's move on to Raw. You obviously mentioned, you know, Cody. Cody had a, a pretty busy night because he had the promo with Dom at the top of the show, um, and that led us into Cody and Dom in a match where Cody beats Dominic very, very quickly. Yes, and just- and, and I didn't like that either. It's like, hold on a minute, Dominic's North American champion. You know, Rhea, I mean, okay, Rhea Ripley wasn't there. She's selling the injury from the beatdown from Nia Jax the previous week. Maybe she's not selling an injury, Kenny. Mm-hmm. You know? 
but they they worked that into the storyline, haven't they? That Nia yeah. Jax is dangerous. Um, but yeah, it was a very quick win for Cody Rhodes. Um, and yeah, they made a complete mess of a suplex. And um, didn't think this was a particularly good performance from Cody. And obviously, it's not Cody's fault that it ended as quickly as it did. Or maybe it is. Maybe Cody could have said something. I don't know. But I mean, Dominic, you know, he's doing well. We know he's not in Cody's league. But I mean, this match to me should have lasted longer than it did. Yeah, no, I think it, I think it should have. I mean, I think they are trying to kind of tell the story that Dominic without Rhea can't really do much, which you know is fine. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I think I, I, I'm with you. And it was very very short. It was very short for Dom. But um, but then the whole thing after this was he beats Dom, and then. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn make the save, but then Owens says, you know, Cody, before you go anywhere, and he sort of quizzes him as to why Cody brought Jay back, and Cody kind of gave his answer as, you know, his job is to make the fans happy, and he's had lots of second chances, so Jay Uso deserves one, and Owens says he doesn't believe it, but, you know, he doesn't trust Jay, but he does trust Sami and Cody, and he hopes they're right. Um, yeah, and Owens walked off. He was like, well, I hope you're right about Jay, and, you know, I think that did make sense because Kevin Owens has expressed, and obviously there was the incident last week on Raw when Jay accidentally nailed Owens, wasn't there, in the match? Yep, yep. So that was brought up. So it did make sense that Kevin Owens would raise this uh, objection or this query or whatever, this, you know, grievance or however you want to describe it about Cody you know, going to bat for Jay and essentially recruiting him to Raw and and uh, for Kevin as well to to walk off. You know, Sami Zayn saying, well, you know, I know it takes you longer to come round, but, you know, you've had second chances. I've had second chances. You know, you've got to give this guy a chance. And this was all leading, of course, to whether or not Jay would join the Judgment Day that night because Damien Priest had a conversation with him and said listen we need an answer tonight so it was all part of a show long storyline wasn't it yes so and um, i i think i mean i i thought that with cody i felt i felt there was i felt there was just something on his mind on this show which maybe yes the rock yeah and the rock is what's taking on his, mind. his spot i know if the rock if the rock has got his finger on the pulse whatsoever then he will understand the cody situation and he will work to make sure that whatever he's involved with also helps Cody in some way. If, well, you know, I mean in an ideal world, Kenny, but that's not the way it always plays out, is it? No, but you know, it's up to you know Big Dwayne. You know, when he's when he's making history like he loves to do, is he gonna leave something behind for everybody else at the end? That that'll be the the challenge. I don't think he will, but you know, we'll see. Um, the main event of the show was Jay Uso and Drew McIntyre, which obviously is, you know, the story's been very well told that Drew not trust, trusting Jay. Obviously, the, the Judgment Day were at ringside because they're trying to get Jay to join. And then in the end, uh, Jay teases that he's going to join. Um, it fist bumps Damien Priest, but then turns and super kicks him and gives Balor a super kick, gives Dom, but then he gets a Claymore kick from Drew. And Drew gets the big win. And then afterwards, when they're all putting the boots to Jay, Drew leaves. And it's Cody that has to come and save the day. Um, I thought all the storytelling in this was really good. 
and everybody's characters make sense, everybody's motivations make sense. We're being rewarded for watching the show the last couple of years. So I thought even though it wasn't the most blockbuster thing they've ever done, I think that all the the seeds of it were from a good place. Yeah, all the stories meshed. And you're right, all the characters are acting in a way that's consistent with the characters as we know them. They're not doing things that, you know, seem untoward or, you know, not natural. They're all behaving as you would expect them to. And you think, well, you know, that's something that should just happen. But often in pro wrestling, it doesn't. And um, and usually due to people overthinking things, often in pro wrestling, it's just, you know, let it just let these people do their thing. Let them behave in a way, even though it's obviously scripted entertainment, let them behave in the way that their characters should, because these people know their characters. All these people involved are veterans. They've been doing this a long time. They can all still go. So just let them get on with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was very well done. And uh, no Matt Riddle again. Should mention that he was, um, and you know what, you know, in a sense, I feel bad for Matt Riddle, but I'm actually, in a, another way, I'm pleased for Drew because when he was doing this stuff with Matt Riddle, it was kind of whimsical and it was kind of mid card, and now he's not doing comedy; he's serious. And if he's going to do the heel turn, which we think he is, and he's going to be a contender to Seth Rollins, which at some point I think he will be then he needs to be a serious guy, doesn't he? To be a top yeah. player. He doesn't want to be doing comedy. He can do that occasionally, but not when he's about to turn heel, right? Can he? He needs to yeah. be, this needs to be serious business. So, um, yeah, I was pleased to see him score a big win here. He needed this, I think. And, um, you know, Jay lost nothing by uh, losing to Drew because it was after he had wiped out the Judgment Day members. So he saved face on the loss. And then Drew left. And then as the Judgment Day beat Jay down, it was up to Cody to make the save for Jay, which, of course, all ties into Cody basically arranging for him to join the Raw roster in the first place. So, yeah, it was all it was all, you know, very, uh, very well done, very slick. So uh, so I like the way this all played out. And, you know, we'll see if it results in a Cody Jay tag team match. Maybe it'd be Cody and Jay versus Balor and Priest at Fastlane. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be a good a good way to go. I think that would be it would be interesting. So yeah, I I would be up for that. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the everything that that's coming out of this makes sense, like we say. And in wrestling, I mean, I've saw some people complain that Vince is maybe still booking the show. I mean, obviously he's got a say in what goes out, but if, I, I promise you, if Vince McMahon was was booking this show his way, these storylines would not be happening the way. <laughs> <laughs> like just you know look at any any type of storyline in the past and you will see that this is that this is not what he would do so yeah i mean look, look at nakamura shinsuke nakamura versus ricochet it was a long match if vince was in charge ricochet would have been he would have been eliminated very quickly by nakamura yeah. He would not have won. I mean, obviously lost by DQ, but he looked strong, didn't he, in the match? Nakamura, uh, Nick Ricochet did. Yeah. So And like under Vince, when did Ricochet look strong? I mean, not very often. So clearly this is, you know, yeah, Vince has a hand, is there's input, but he's not, he's not running, he's not in charge. He might be tinkering with the top stuff, but he's not, 
involved in like the mid-level matches. He's letting other people do that. That's obvious to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, but. And then the last couple of things from Raw is we did have Nia Jax interfere in the tag match with Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark against Piper Nevin and Chelsea Green. And she came in and kind of interfered and beat everybody up. And I mean, I guess the thing is, some people are going to be frustrated by this, but if you're bringing Nia Jax in, she kind of has to be the monster. So this makes sense as this is how you would book her, but I guess people just don't really want to see her. (laughs) Seems to be be the, the dynamic. Um, I mean, well, this was just a total nothing tag match. I mean, Chelsea Green is the only one of the four that's got a hint of a personality, and she isn't very good in the ring. Um, and no one cared about this match, Green and Niven versus Stark and Baszler. And when Nia Jax rocked up and wiped them all out, I mean, at least there was a response. So, I mean, I hope Jax isn't going to injure people. I mean, my long-term thinking here is this is leading to a Nia versus Rhea Ripley match, maybe at Fastlane, maybe at the following event. And the big moment here is when Rhea does the riptide on Nia. That's the big moment. That's the payoff and scores the pin. And at that point, that's the reason why you're bringing Nia Jax in, to put Rhea Ripley over and make her look even more formidable than we already think she is. So that's the purpose of this, is to build Naya up as this sort of, you know, really tough annihilator who's more than a match for everyone, except for Rhea Ripley when it's, you know, one-on-one, no surprises, no ambushes, and Rhea scores the win, and Rhea is enhanced as a result. So that's your, that's your, that's your long-term here. That's your big-picture view, in my opinion, of why they brought Naya in. Yeah, it makes sense. And um, we're we're continuing the build to Nakamura and Rollins with Ricochet involved. Did this week's chapter do anything for you? Um, I mean, I like the fact that Ricochet um he was disqualified for nailing Nakamura with a chair. So he didn't look weak here. I had a terrible feeling that he might have been hammered uh, by Nak, because then Nakamura beat Ricochet up after the match, and then Rollins made the save. And then Nakamura targeted Rollins' back and he's selling the back, he's backstage. It's like, oh, you know, I've had enough of this. Nakamura, this is Rollins speaking, Nakamura, you name the time, you name the place, and I'll defend the championship against you. So we assume that's going to be Fastlane, right, Kenny? Yes, yeah, we assume Fastlane is going to be the destination. I mean, probably the biggest surprise on the show was Bronson Reed's victory over Chad Gable. Now, I did not see that coming. No, I didn't I did not see that coming either. Um I mean, yeah, I guess I either they've decided that, that they want to pause the Chad Gable thing or they've decided they just don't want to go back to it, but it was it was odd to see him defeating Chad Gable. Yes, it was. I still believe that Chad is going to be the person to defeat Gunter. But they're probably gonna save it for Survivor Series, maybe. Or yeah. maybe even Raw Rumble, but it's gonna. I th- I'm convinced Chad's gonna be the one to defeat Gunter. Um, so Chad maybe he'll lick his wounds, come back. No, actually, Bronson Reed's gonna face Otis next week on Raw, so he probably is. Reed will beat Otis, and then there'll be a rematch, and Chad it'll be Chad Bronson at Fastlane, maybe. Well, yeah, because the whole story is can Chad suplex Bronson? That's the whole idea. Is can he? So once he defeats him, you know that'll hopefully be him back to where he, where he needs to be. Hopefully he'll be yeah. back to his winning ways. But um, the other thing from Raw 
that was kind of like a hidden gem is Kofi Kingston and Ivar was a lot of fun and the crowd were really into it and I, I didn't quite see it coming. No, I agree. And um, to me, Ivar should have won. When he when he hit the moonsault, fans wanted that to be the finish. Yeah. And it was like, instead, Kingston kicked out. And I thought that was... I just thought, why have you... Why has Ivar used this move? This is the first time I've seen him do that move. Yep. Um, I think. I don't think I've seen him do that move in WWE anyway. Um, fans went wild for it. And that was the finish. And instead, Kingston, who's never going to be a top guy again... He kicked out and then won with the trouble in paradise. So, yeah, I mean, the audience were really into the match. I thought both did well here. I mean, Kofi is totally played out as a character, but can still, you know, still really good in the ring. But Ivar, this was this was a you know one of the biggest matches of his WWE career for sure. And um, I just hope they're going to do something with it. I hope backstage were like, wow, you know, what a reaction to Ivor doing that move. And, um, you know, let's let's try and find a role for him where he can be a somebody rather than just a bit player, which is effectively what he is at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. So You know, he's like uh, basically there occasionally the win, the Viking Raiders, they do score wins occasionally, but it never seems to really take them anywhere, does it? No, <laughs> it doesn't, but... um. But yeah, I mean, the, the match was very good. I wasn't expecting it, so I'd give them some praise. But, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and just also, just finally, we had Becky Lynch, uh, NXT Women's Title Defense against Natalia, who I thought was rather obnoxious on the mic beforehand. She was, which which is strange because the internal run sheets, which, you know, do get leaked now uh, most Mondays, the internal sheet had... Natalia on main event against Zia Lee and the title match Becky was going to have was going to be against Tegan Knox, and at the last minute it was swapped around. So you'd think that Natalia getting the shot to be on Raw would uh, would have kind of jumped to the opportunity, but she kind of gave us the same old Natalia. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was banging on about, oh, I've been here forever. It's like, well, you know, you've had a few opportunities, Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> You've had some big matches. You've had a lot of chances to be a star. And um, yeah, just instead, we just got grievance and bile beforehand from Natalia. I thought it was on Twitter or something. And uh, we just thought, you got all the. And then she lost. And afterwards, she seemed shocked that she lost. And But Natalia never really makes much sense to me. And she speaks, and her expressions don't really seem to match the emotions that she's meant to be projecting. She, I just, you know, she's been doing this a long time, and if she was going to get it, I think it would have happened by now. <laughs> you would think you would think that twenty years is a long enough time to get it. But, um, yeah, anyway. she just, yeah. But I mean, it was an okay match, and you know, Becky's, you know, women's champ, and she's defending the belt on Raw, which I think is good. And I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing them future matches in NXT. And again, this, you know, this is something to occupy Becky Lynch's time and keep her away from Rhea Ripley because we know that's going to be a big WrestleMania match. Yeah, for sure. But so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to see Becky defend the title on Raw, give that belt some prestige um, in the show. And we, well, we found out that Dragon Lee is going to be facing Dom for the North American title next week on Raw. So he's going to be on Raw. We'll see how yeah, that that's, goes. That's, that's a big, big match for him. I think he's very talented. I think yeah. he's done well in NXT. So we'll see how 
perceive people seem as like a, as a, you know, Rey Mysterio clone or the second coming of Kalisto. Well, let's not, let's not put that upon him, friend. We don't want him to have to come back from that. Um, but anyway, well, listen, um, we'll, that's all we've got for today. We'll be back on Thursday. Um, you know, we'll see if any, if any AEW titles have changed hands at Grand Slam tomorrow in New York. Um, but yeah, we'll be back on Thursday to talk news and else that's been happening. And uh, yeah, but we're actually in tomorrow. We're recording our Unforgiven 2003 review with Sandra. So there'll be plenty of content coming up to Patreon soon. Patreon.com forward slash Inside Drops. So yeah, I, I don't really have particularly great memories of that show. So I don't think the execution of watching it again is going to it's going to change that much. But <laughs> we'll get through it together as we always do. Yes. You know, some sometimes if it's going to be bad, you want it to be really bad because then it's more fun to talk about. Sure. So we'll hope that it goes in one of those directions. But anyway, uh, listen, we want to thank you for all your support, everybody. As always, we'll talk to you Thursday for Power Slam, and we'll see you then. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.